We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, returning guest, special on the show, homie of mine, uh, Brian Toporek. Brian, how are you, my friend, of Bleacher Report, of the NBA pod, of Forbes, of many places. Thank you for the audience. We're, we're, this is a pre-recorded interview, so if we don't respond to chat, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian, you know, gave us the afternoon. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, we'll read your comments later, though. I'll watch back the stream, and we'll all laugh and share it together. But, Brian, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Listen, I had to. The Heat, you know, the Heat were up 10 on the Sixers last night, and I texted you, and I was like, hey, uh, can you come on the show tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I wonder if I would have gotten the invite had that game turned out differently. But, Listen, if but they I appreciate were, you having me. If they were down 10, maybe I not want to show my face, you know? Uh, they might not have <laughs> right. been a pod today. You, you would have just deleted yourself from Twitter for a week. If the Heat lose to the Sixers in a playoff series, I may have to disappear for a while. Yeah. Oh, you 100% do. I may need to. You and, like, the rest of Heat Twitter. I mean, it's ever – like, if these two teams meet again, it's going to be, yeah, someone someone just deleting their account entirely. I feel like I'm the CEO of hating the Sixers right now, though. So, <laughs> I feel like I'm, like, the – you know, like, there has to be one sacrifice, and it probably – it probably be me. Sure. You sure. know, like, I, I, I have to say, do it. I, I've I've made like two jokes about the Heat like all year on Twitter, and somehow Heat fans have found both of them. <laughs> really, really pissed, like just cannot take a joke whatsoever. And yeah. I, you know, I get it, but uh, yeah, I, I really hope these two teams do not meet in the playoffs, so I can like continue on. For see, <laughs> you're a journalist. You want to do you want to do journalism. I want to farm yeah. content. So I need them <laughs> to play in the playoffs. And we're going to get into a potential playoff matchup in a second and all that stuff. But let's, Brian, let's talk about last night because there were a couple things to me that that is very interesting about these two teams playing. And, and I'm going to start with the first one. And it was it was last year in the regular season. 
It was late in the game, and Doc Rivers did one of the best coaching moves I've ever seen him do. Not that I, I could say that there's too many of these, but he put Joel Embiid on Jimmy Butler. And they had either Tobias Harris or whoever was their foreman on BAM, and they, they just dropped deep. They did what the Lakers did in the finals, which was like just put AD on Jimmy and just make him kind of finish through size, and it worked. And they've never done that again since, not in the playoffs, not in this game. And it's kind of like the boogeyman in the Sixers' back pocket that if they unlock that, it changes a lot. Brian, I don't know if you've noticed this, or I don't know if you might think, well, with Bam's kind of flourishment offensively that's happened this season, maybe that's like not a viable option anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think they got P.J. Tucker to handle those types of matchups, the Jimmys, the Tatums, even the Giannis's of the world, even though Giannis has got some size on him. So I think that's their first option, which we saw last night. You know, Doc really does not tend to experiment <laughs> with coverages and matchups all that much, especially in the regular season. Um, we saw it in the Denver game back, I think, in late January. Uh, that was the one time where I really remember, oh, he, he made a decided switch you know like Embiid was on Jokic for the first half he switched Tucker onto Jokic in the second half and that really just mucked things up for the Nuggets so maybe he would have that in his back pocket for a playoff series you know last year it's hard to say because Embiid had the broken face and that that really kind of took away from what I think the Sixers would have wanted to do on both sides of the floor um so it's possible that they would break that out at some point in the playoffs, but you know, picking on doc rivers to make the right adjustments is one of the biggest reasons to doubt this team, both in the regular season and the playoffs. Yeah. I mean that, that to me was the kind of easiest kind of adjustment. I mean, Sixers were on a run anyway, late in that game. So it's not like they probably had to change much, but you know, the, the last shot where Harden fouls Jimmy where he splits the free throws, you know, Jimmy was trying to force that switch, right? They had, I think it was Caleb Martin, kind of screening and, and and did a good job. And Tucker did a great job of kind of getting over the screen and kind of staying with Jimmy. But eventually they gave up that switch with like eight on the shot clock, which I'm like, you just can't. You can't you're doing everything you can not to give up that switch. You give it up late. Harden gets a foul. And I'm like, there ha- I mean, PJ did a great job on Jimmy, forced him into like a fucking Jordan finish you know mm-hmm. what i mean like if he he hits that over was over pj and Embiid, you're like okay bro whatever you i guess i guess um yeah. and it's like kind of those things where i i kind of wonder where philly has an extra gear like don't give up those switches late kind of you have that Embiid thing in your back pocket there's no simmons anymore and there's no like corpse of harden because Harden's playing well to kind of put the blame mm-hmm. on i feel like for that for this sixer team it's like there's no more excuses you have enough people are calling it the deepest team that Embiid's played with I feel like they have all the tools to like be legitimate and yet I also am not scared of them for like all the reasons I just mentioned. I I think it's a completely reasonable stance to have going into the playoffs. Like they are definitely in the, now you have to put prove in the playoffs mode. Like we don't care what you do in the regular season. We know the history with doc. We know the history with James Harden in in particular in the playoffs. And (laughs) the, the, the Sixers have like, they do. I think this is the best team they've put together, at least. You know, maybe I don't know what to put over the 2018 19 team with Jimmy and Tobias, but, you know, it's it's neck and neck with that team. Uh, and if you game this out, like, it, they're, even if they can re sign Harden this summer, they're almost certainly going to be worse next year. 
because they have a lot of other free agents and I would be surprised if they can resign all of them. So yeah, I mean, it's like, I wrote this going into the season that it was probably now or never for them. Nothing about that has changed. Max extension. Tri- yeah. And Melton too is up after next year. So things start to get tight for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, like, I think it is completely reasonable to have Boston, Milwaukee ahead of them in the East. I think, you know, we'll see who, where they land in the seating and who they get in the first and second round. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the conference finals. I, depending on matchup, I wouldn't be surprised if they got knocked out in the first round either. Is Miami the the matchup that you think Philadelphia least wants to see in the first round out of like the potential kind of five through eight seeds? Yeah, I, I don't think they fear the the Nets at all. I don't think they have too much concern about the Knicks. I mean, the Hawks have just been such a mess this year. Maybe with Quinn Snyder coming in, he gets them on the right foot. But I also think, you know, two years ago, they didn't really have the personnel to challenge Trey Young defensively. Now they do, especially with Maxie. And, and as you mentioned, Harden and PJ has his way. burst back. Yeah, yeah. Who defended so, Trey a lot in the Miami series. Yeah, that's right. So, and even Tobias has like gotten better defensively and has been able to switch on the guards and hold his own. Like he guarded John Morant the other night and didn't get totally roasted. So, <laughs> <It's a win. laughs> yeah, I, I think Miami by far is probably the the one team that Philly want to see in the first round. I would not be surprised if they try to you know manipulate some seating at the end of the season. I mean, Toronto's coming. I think too they've kind of put something together, which kind of is a hope for Miami that you kind of put, I mean, they're starting to look like how I think people thought they might look maybe a little too late. Um, But you know, they've won quite a few and and I think they're seven and three in their last 10. That's probably some of the best stretch that they've had this season. Um, So they're another team to look out for. And if you're Miami, I don't, I don't want any of that, that every time, every time those teams play, somebody comes out with a limb missing. I don't. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> I like know. it. I don't like it, man. Heat Raptors games—they're fucking violent. They're like, what? They're bad. Talk to me. I mean, Embiid broke his face in like the, the meaningless true. waiting seconds of Game Six last year. Yeah, the Raptors are just a physical team. I mean, the Heat are too. I think that's one reason. You know, you wouldn't want to see them in the first round, especially if you know you're probably looking at Milwaukee or Boston in the semifinals, and then the other team in the conference finals. It's like you want to get through that first round as unscathed as possible. And I think Miami and Toronto in particular uh, would not be good in that regard. How'd you feel about their physicality last night? Because one of my things with the heat is their defense is good. Not great. Their defense. Mm -hmm. It's missing to me a little edge. And I think part of that is a physicality and maybe that left with Tucker. And and, I mean, like they used to call themselves a kennel last year that nobody said shit about that this year. And (laughs) for me, I look at it and I'm like, they're one of the least fouling teams in the league, which is just not an Eric Spolster and Pat Riley thing. Those, those, their teams always foul a ton. Like their classic, you know, they can't call them all, right? And mm-hmm. even last year, he were one of the most fouling teams. Now they're one of the least, right? But they force a ton of turnovers, and that's kind of what they've kind of angled this defense. It's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna show hard, we're gonna trap sometimes, we're gonna play passing lanes with Jimmy and Oladipo and Lowry, and, and we're gonna have quick hands, we're gonna swarm all that stuff, right? But it's not been physical. It's been more mm-hmm. like finesse and grifty. And I, I felt last night they had a little bit of urgency, a little bit of go-go. And I'm wondering what you saw as somebody who doesn't watch them every night. Because last night felt a little bit different and more of what I expect from the Miami Heat. Not 
you know, whatever the hell, they're soft. It's kind of soft. I'm just going to say it. They're kind of soft defense this year while, while very good. Yeah, I mean, they beat the shit out of the Sixers on the offensive glass in the first half in particular. Uh, you know, the Sixers tightened up after halftime there, but that was it. Like the, the effort between the Heat and the Sixers in the first half, there could not have been more disparity between the two teams. I think that's, you know, a testament to Coach Spo. Like his teams are going to come prepared more often than not, get up for a big game. I know they had this four game losing streak, and Jimmy had his whole, like, I'm sick of losing things. So scared like, me, buddy. That scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then if you're the Sixers, you have to know they're going to come in fired up. Like they are not looking to lose at the game after Jimmy makes that declaration. And like, you know, I know the Sixers are coming off that heartbreaking loss against Boston on Saturday night, but they were just so unfocused unenergetic in the first half. Like Tyrese Maxey gave them the spark in the third quarter. But yeah, I mean, I think the heat out toughed them for most of the night. And they won that game, Brian, with Bam and Tyler giving them a goose egg on offense. Now, Bam, I think you could say, well, Embiid is just going to do that to dudes, especially with the size disparity that they have. Bam's kind of jumper has come back to earth a little bit. It, he he went like a month and a half where he was just KD in mid-range, and that's really <laughs> just kind of regressed, um, mm-hmm. you know, which I still like him taking them. I think he needs to, but, you know, it, it's kind of come down a little bit, and I think too many floaters and like little push shots against Embiid that, that you don't want. And, and, and I understand that hero, you know, I think this is a matchup that you kind of want him, especially if he's going to, you know, they're, they're in drop, you know what I mean? Like Embiid's mm-hmm. not playing at the level. So you kind of want a big and drop against hero. I, I just didn't think he got much going for them. Um, So kind of looking, looking at that going into Wednesday, Brian. So they're coming into Miami. Miami's a really good home team and, and they're a shit road team. So like them winning a road game <laughs> to me was absolutely enormous if you're Philly, right? So let's take Doc out of this because Doc, we, we know we we know what we think about Doc. Do mm-hmm. you have anything that you think the Sixers should do tactically? Because I like these kind of like little home and homes because it actually like feels like a coach can say, okay, well, let's try this now. You know, we did mm-hmm. our base now. Let's let's have a little adjustment. What? Where are the areas that you would say, okay, like let's let's move these couple things around, and I think we could be fine. So you got to start with the obvious talking point that's been this way for the last month or so. Tyrese Maxey has been coming off the bench for them. He has been hot and cold in that role. He's actually been really cold in the last couple of games up until last night. Great. Uh, yeah, so thank you for snapping him out of his slump. I, we appreciate it. Fast guards love playing uh, against this team. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Doc has said he doesn't, like, he wanted, he was like, I think where they were up until last night, they were 18 and four with Melton in the starting lineup and place of Maxi. So he was kind of like, you know, look at the results, but that is going to be one of the questions, not only for tomorrow, but really looming over the Sixers for the rest of the season. Do you put Maxi back in with the starters? Do you keep Melton in there? I think Melton did a good job fighting over screens in particular and stayed pretty glued to hero. So I think that's a reason you keep him in there, especially against Miami. Um, but wouldn't shock me if Maxi got more run, and hopefully doesn't foul out this time. The other thing, I mean, Paul Reed got drilled last night in the first half. They went back to what else is doing though? <laughs> yeah, I know, but but Embiid was in foul trouble, so you know, I think you want to make sure he stays out of foul trouble. I'm guessing they really lean on the PJ at the five, which they have not done much this year. You know, Doc has said like it's probably going to be more of a thing in the playoffs, and they're just trying to keep his legs fresh. But at the same time. If you don't have better alternatives, which they do not between, you know, 
Reed doesn't stand a chance against Bam. Uh, Montrezl Harrell doesn't stand a chance against Cody Zeller even. And the, the goat. Yeah, yeah, man, that chased out block on Embiid. What the hell? Can we talk about like, that? Dude was he tried to make a play under the basket on the other end, and I thought, man, yeah. it sucks that he hustled so hard for that because now Embiid's gonna get a layup on the other end. Yeah, dude was, was LeBron. I mean, <laughs> Embiid needed to go up harder than that, but man, it was like te- testament to Cody. That was a hell of a play. Um, but yeah, I mean, they also Dwayne Dedman's their other option. He's out with a hip injury right now. I don't think you want him. Heat fans. I don't. Think yeah, right. I think Heat right. fans want Dedman to play. Yeah, we uh, we were pretty lukewarm on the signing. Not gonna lie, especially you know seeing some of the names that have come free after the fact. Nerlens Noel, Kevin Love. It, yeah, that, Nerlens has been a long time Sixers Twitter target. So wasn't he there? Wasn't he part of the process? Yeah, he was. He, he was the start of the process. <laughs> Yeah, Robert Covington, so, Nerlens Noel. Yeah, we Ooh, were we is. were interested in a reunion, but it's uh, a little tougher now with Deadman. Unless they just wave him, which can't they, they just wave Deadman? I mean, they're yeah. enough under the tax that I don't think that's a problem. They yeah, they technically could. I think that would be hilarious. Someone pointed this out. I think Deadman and, and Harden are on the same agency though, so I think. Uh, do you know Do you know why Deadman lost his playing time other than him being the worst player in the NBA? <laughs> is that not enough well it wasn't it wasn't oh, my favorite okay. Deadman okay. play of the season was he received an inbound pass from i believe it was kyle or tyler hero and he was mad at them for something and he was like literally holding the ball while like talking to them and then a <laughs> laker player stole the ball ran into him got the and one and then as Deadman is getting up he gives this laker player the middle finger like he did something wrong and i was like you can wow. you gotta be kidding me <laughs> oh, that wasn't the final straw brian it was he got roasted on defense didn't make like three rotations he had to spoke called them over and karam butler was grilling him and Deadman got so mad that he hit the table with the with the massage gun and the yeah. thing fucking flew. And it is unclear <laughs> if it went into the stands or on the court. We have done reporting. We can't find out. But <laughs> that was the uh, that was the last incident. And uh, from then wow. on, it was Orlando Robinson time, baby. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's, that's amazing. Well, I'm excited to see him in this horrible backup center competition for the like 18th straight year. Massage gun Deadman, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's bad. But I'm excited for that. But uh, continue yeah, with, yeah. with adjustments. Any Any other... Uh, things that you think that they should do kind of looking at where Miami uh, is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think if Embiid stays out of foul trouble, you really just lean on him and PJ as the two fives. Um, I mean, it's like, it sounds like a cop-out answer, but like come to play from the first quarter, like you, you know, it's going to be physical. It's going to be, you know, you can't afford turnovers against this team. They're going to run out against you. We saw that a lot in the first quarter. Uh, like take care of the ball. I mean, Embiid was really good about that against the Celtics who have long given him problems. And he just was not nearly as locked in last night. And it, you know, it it sucks that they have to get that version of Embiid every night to really stand a chance against good teams, but such is the burden for great players in the NBA. It is my one thing with Embiid. And you know, like I, I give Embiid so much shit. I don't really like (laughs) watching him play. He's obviously, and I said this last night on on our post game show, he's one of the five best players in the NBA. He's a deserved MVP or MVP runner up. However, whatever metric you want to use, if he wins MVP, you can't get mad. He clearly is in that deserving category. He's immensely talented, a great defender, does all the things you want. That being said, I fucking hate watching him. He goes straight to hell. But my knock on him has always been, Brian, it's like, you know, and some of it's hyperbole. I go, he becomes a turnover factory, you know, if you press the right buttons. And I think Miami has, you know, early, early in that series when he played, they were, they were really doubling a lot. And I thought the doubling didn't work unless you send the really late help. And I think Mm -hmm. the late help with size has affected him a ton. You know, like yesterday they had a play where Tyler come, came with late help, and I was like, you're not doing anything. You got to come with yeah. Jimmy. As you saw in that final play, it was Bam yeah. and then Jimmy with late help. It's kind of those late doubles. It's really forcing him as a passer, not with those easy reads. And I think, you know what's funny? Simmons gave him an easy dump pass by standing in the dunker spot, and that guy's not there anymore. So this floor is a little more spread, and I think those passes are a little more complicated for him under duress. And I don't think he's he's not Shaq. He's not this natural mm-hmm. passing big. So I think that's kind of where they've been able to kind of get him. Like, and they have guys with quick hands. I mean, last year PJ, uh, Bam, Kyle, I- incredibly quick hands, uh, Gabe Vincent. All these guys are are really good at, and Jimmy, of course. So that's always been my kind of knock with him. And he has not shown to me, at least against Miami, that he has that part of the puzzle solved yet. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten a lot better in like since he came to the league in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's almost night and day. For sure. Uh, with that said, you know, there's a couple teams, Boston, Miami, Toronto, I'd say, are the three that just for whatever reason, they tend to give him the most hell in terms of, you know, he just gets flustered. He tries to go through double teams and play a little bit too much hero ball instead of trusting his teammates and kicking it out to an open, open guy. I mean, you know, I think from a Sixers perspective, like that last possession was promising that they had where, you know, the double comes and he kicks it out to James Harden and like Harden had an open look at a three. You're going to live with that shot. Like, you know, I, I think the one thing they did not want is five more minutes of overtime against <laughs> this Miami team, knowing they're playing back again on Wednesday. I think they have 
Dallas on Thursday, Milwaukee on Saturday. Like they just have Oof. a ridiculous stretch coming up. So like they're just, you know, trying to limit the wear and tear on their bodies as much as possible. And it, like, that's frankly a shot that Harden's going to have to hit. Or, you know, if it's Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton, like, and he's going to make those plays more often than not. Um, but I agree with you. Like the, the late help is the key. You know, he developed, like he was used to be so much more of a back to the basket guy. And that's where you could really get him. Cause he just didn't yeah. see it coming. Now he's got this face up game. Like he really doesn't post up a ton. Like he's much more run the pick and roll with Harden, you know, catch the ball at the elbow and hit that mid range jumper. Uh, but you know, I, there are still some teams and some chances where, you know, he just doesn't see it coming or he just gets flustered when he, sometimes he does see it coming and just gets flustered because the Sixers just don't have the spacing correct around him. Uh, so that's, you know, if, if, and when the Sixers do get knocked out of the playoffs, that will definitely be one of the reasons why. I feel they don't move enough. And I think Maxi's probably yeah. one of the better off ball movers that they have kind of cutting, but the Maxi thing, so he fouled out, but you yeah. know, Jimmy was looking for the Harden switch late. I know that Harden is not the best defender, but I think when you ISO Harden, you know, he's a big, strong guy, and he'll probably foul you anyway, and they don't call that sometimes. I don't think it's, like, the worst. I think and Harden's your worst defender, and it's most likely going to be in isolation. I don't think that's, like, the worst thing in the world, unlike if Jimmy can hunt Maxi, where now yeah. you really put a small guy in the blender who's already not a good defender, and that gives you a legitimate weak point in your defense where I thought that kind of changed the game a little bit when they kind of went with when Maxi kind of got out of the game and they had the bigger backcourt. They had just had a bigger team and it mm -hmm. Miami was doing college ball, bro. They were passing the ball and they're on the perimeter. And I go, what, what is this? What are we doing? <laughs> so yeah. I think there's some pros and cons to, to kind of like their size and stuff like that. But, you know, certainly uh, I think Maxi kind of helps Embiid in that kind of giving him a, a natural release valve as somebody kind of going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the theory of having Melton in the starting lineup in place of Maxi. And I think it was a, an adjustment made with the playoffs in mind. But, you know, Maxi has struggled with his confidence and like the mental part of, you know, the quote unquote demotion, even though he's still playing a ton. Uh, but like he he is a starter caliber player. So to lose that spot, especially ahead of becoming eligible for an extension is tough. Get used to a new role is tough. You know, I think it's ironic that it's probably going to be more successful in the playoffs if they go with it. Cause they're going to tighten their rotation and they're going to have Harden on court with Maxi more often. But like doc does these all bench lineups where it's like Maxi and shake Milton. And when Matisse was there, Matisse, George Niang, like Montrez was in there. It was just so many minus defenders and really not that many good release valves. Like Matisse, they're just going to camp out in the corner and no one's going to guard them. You know, Montrez could do nothing outside of three feet from the basket. So they were just asking like way too much of Tyrese. Whereas, you know, if he's playing with Harden, he's playing with Tobias, he's playing with some of these other starters. I think he's actually, I mean, we saw last night, like the third quarter when they started mixing and matching starters and bench, like he, he got going. They have an interesting problem because I think that they're probably, you know, obviously I think Melton Harden makes a lot of sense, but I think Tyrese gives them the highest like ceiling but, yeah. you know, the floor is, you know, I mean, you have a defensive backcourt of, of Harden and Maxi, and things can go bad in, in a kind of a hurry. That's a couple missed rotations and all of a sudden two open threes and, and that that could swing a game, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. So it's, it's interesting. Not that Miami. And my, by the way, Miami suddenly became a, a good shooting team again last night against yeah. Philly, which is huge for them because 
I don't know how informed you are of this, Brian, but they were they're like the worst shooting team in the league this year, going from the best shooting team in the league this year. Every single one of their role players has regressed as a shooter. Uh, Max, uh, Max Truce, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, uh, you know, ev- every single person that you depend on Caleb Martin to make outside shots has just, it, reg- Tyler Hero even, ha- has regressed. They just, I don't, I don't know if there's an analog for something like this ever happening for just everybody just sucking. <laughs> and I guess they're unique because these are all like undrafted guys and like he fans are mm. I don't know how I don't know if, how, how much you know of this but like he fans are fucking sick of every time they're on an ESPN broadcast somebody's like oh Hubie Brown's like you know they're all undrafted you know that's a great story <laughs> and he fans are like I'm fucking sick of this give me an NBA player they were excited <laughs> for Cody Zeller dude they're like Cody Zeller has NBA experience for real on my Miami Heat an upgrade over Dwayne Dedman clearly Oh, dude, King. I mean, listen, we're gonna have the <laughs> stands a block on Embiid forever. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but that's like that's what it is down here, bro. It's like they are so fans are so upset at this undrafted thing, and I don't know if the, if mm. if these guys just you know they're all older, right? They're not like they're not twenty one. They're all like twenty seven yeah. and stuff. So did they just peak and they they're just like who they are now, or like I don't know. I don't even know. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, it's I mean, they might have been regression to the mean a little bit like they shot a little too well last year. But now we're like early. way over. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Can we yeah, get like a 37 percent? Yeah. I'll take 37 percent. You know, maybe know. other people well, might not, but I would. Yeah, that'd certainly be an upgrade. I mean, that's that's always the frustrating thing. You know, from an outside perspective, watching Miami is like, how the fuck do they keep finding these diamonds in the rough? Like, uh, you know, the, the Sixers have a first round pick and Jaden Springer just buried on their bench, not playing at all. And it's like that Miami just every year, it's a two way guy or an undrafted Who's guy. Who's Orlando Robinson? <laughs> yeah. Like you're uh, last year. Like I, I watched it. You know, he was at Georgetown. I watched him in college. He was not that good. Like how, how did he suddenly become a productive NBA player? The Duncan one's crazy. You know, the Duncan has, yeah. he sells the NBA record for the fastest to 200, 300 and 400 threes. Really? Yeah. That's he's that's gonna be an interesting story. He stinks like now, right? Yeah, I know he stinks. Toast. He can't shoot anymore. Yeah, and, and I he, think some yeah. of it's like supposed sabotage because like supposed stop playing with Bam, <laughs> bro. How he? That's your DHO guy. He was like playing with Deadman, and Deadman like doesn't even make contact on the screen. And I'm like, oh my god. If uh, you, uh, somebody tells me you can send him to Philly for Tobias Harris after this year, you know what's funny? So. I think he fans view him as a negative value contract. And I'm sure there's somebody in the league being like, 
I can fix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Probably, I, I, Okay, see, maybe like they they just need actual shooters instead of these like raw six eight wing guys who can't shoot. And we're like, we're gonna teach them. We're gonna take four years. And we're gonna teach them how. Am I crazy? Like, I don't think they have to unload a first round pick to get rid of him. I think somebody on the last two years of his deal will be like. I'll see what I can do. I don't think you got to unload a first, maybe like a couple seconds, but I don't think you got to get off a first to get off his money. Is that how he's only got two more years left? After no, I'm saying like once he gets, I think he has oh, okay. this is the second year. He has a four year deal. So I think he's mm. at 19.6 million the last two years or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I would, I would agree that he has a negative value contract right now. I like, I think it will, but like negative value, like you got to give up a first for somebody to take him. With for two years of them, let me see. Let me see how many years he has left. I'm pretty sure it's uh, two after this season because like, people are talking about like okay. a first to get rid of Kyle. And I go, Kyle's money expires next season, and it doesn't even give you cap space yeah, no. to get rid of him. I go, that makes no sense. I go, yeah, there's there's no uh, uh, he's got two more guaranteed and then a 19.9 million dollar player option in 25 26. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, that's 10 the... or 9.9 is guaranteed already, mm. so it's he's picking that up. Yeah, he's 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 yeah he's taking that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I thought it was two years. It's three. Hmm. You know, yeah. Some, somebody I, that's finish. the pro. It's not the size. It's the length. It's the so length. like, yeah, give it give it another year or two, and I bet you can get them off pretty easily. But this summer might be challenging. They're in cap hell regardless. I think fans just like. I think if they get rid of Kyle and Duncan, I believe it opens like fifteen or sixteen million dollars in cap space, which to be mm-hmm. honest, nowadays like barely gets you a starter. Yeah, I mean that's like barely over non-tax mle money dude and like they just the heat less like to operate as a as a as an over-the-cap team anyway because they just they just rather um so well it's one of the interesting things about like a lot of these contenders are really just locked into their core like that i mean if you look at the sixers like they really you know even if james harden walks in the offseason like they've already got 117 million in guaranteed salary you're stuck so like yeah even factor in you know the incomplete cap holds like they're they're going to be over the cap regardless. It's not like James Harden walks and you get $45 million in cap room. It's like James Harden walks and you are completely screwed. They, these, all these teams are. So I thought about this the other day, Brian, how like, you know, there was a period where like teams wouldn't stay together for more than two, three years. We have a lot mm-hmm. of teams right now, like Philly, Miami. This is year four of this group, Philly, Boston, you know, um, mm-hmm. I guess Atlanta's still younger, but Toronto, right? There's a lot of these teams that have been together for a long time. And our yeah. West, our West probably less so, but I think that that's a product of like a lot of these dudes, Milwaukee, they're just kind of locked yeah. into these deals and you can't get out and nobody's given up. I, it's, I don't see a lot of people giving up first to get off money nowadays. And yeah. it's like, you're just kind of stuck with these guys and whether you like it or not, like we got the, the thing <laughs> of teams growing together again, back, back like we used to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these teams have traded so many future firsts away too. Like they don't have a way out. Like the Sixers can't trade a first until 2029. I know Milwaukee's out a couple of future firsts as well. Miami uh, has, has given up their problems. Yeah. yeah. Miami too. So I, I think that is part of the problem. I, I have a very spicy take about Atlanta that I could Ooh, I, holster to, for another day. I'd love to hear it. No, it's listen. Yeah. I think it's time to move Trey, man. I, I think, if you look at their cap sheet moving forward, they've got Agonku up for an extension this offseason. Sadiq Bey is up for an extension this offseason, who they just traded five second-round picks to get. They're already going to be over the cap. 
like next year, regardless, even if McDonough signs up, uh, opts out, which he will and leaves. They've got DeJounte Murray up for an extension. He's not going to sign it because the extension rules are stupid. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent 24. Like they just have too many guys on big contracts. And you can, sure, you could, yeah, you could trade John Collins, but it doesn't sound like there's a ton of interest in him for, you know, you're not going to get like a ton of positive value back for him. Nobody wants him. They've been trying to get rid of him for years. I know. Like. I know. But like if they trade Trey, I mean, you've got a core of DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter, Collins, Capella, Bay, AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson, uh, Agonquu, plus whatever you get back for Trey. Like, I think all of a sudden that actually opens the door for them to be kind of good. To like, be No, nope. what that opens the door is they become the Hawks of like the, the 2000s where they're like yeah. a four, four to five seed every year and they're back. They're back in the it's Joe Johnson than, days. They're an eight seed right now. Like, that's better At least than they have they upside. I, I kind of disagree with that. I, I think that they don't – I don't think they'd want to go back to that anymore. I think if they trade Trey, I think it's a total teardown because I don't I don't know if they want to go back to those days unless they get a lot of picks and they – but I, don't, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Who's the team that's going to trade the farm for Trey Young? Other yeah, than New that's... York. Other than New York. New York's always they have Brunson now. When there's a stupid decision to be made, you call James <laughs> Dolan. And just to see, I... bro, you just gotta see if he's willing to make a mistake. You never know. I'm worried. I'm worried it's Orlando. And I really hope it's not, because I actually think Orlando has a good thing growing there. Oh. He might be interesting there though. Yeah. He actually might because they've got that's a lot a, of that's length. a good one. They, they, I mean, they have a lot of young guys they can offer up. They could have two lottery picks this year. They have a lot of length to surround him with. That's a good like You one. could offer Suggs, Isaac. What about New Orleans? I don't think they, yeah. Uh, I think he and Zion is kind of a messy pairing, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the problem. It's hard to find, like, too many logical fits, but I think it only takes one team. And, oh, okay, you know, see? I think. Yeah, possibly. But do you want to take the ball out of Shai's hand, you know? Right. And they, I mean, they, they, the Jazz, the Pelicans have a ton of ton of picks to offer in addition to their own. So, you know, I think the other part of it is that what you just said, so many teams have been together three, four, five years that we're going to have a come to Jesus moment in the playoffs for a lot of these teams. And, you know, I think you want to be first to market for the next superstar that becomes available if you are the team selling because like you know what if the clippers flame out in the first round did paul george suddenly up for grabs what if the sixers flame out in the first round and harden walks like does joel Embiid start to get a wandering eye you know like there there could be a lot of guys bradley beal like maybe you know give the quote to anscape no way i'm done i'm done with that i'm done done with him and day i don't want to hear about it anymore I don't even want. I like. I wouldn't want him. I don't think you could build. A it's over, bro. Him on that contract, no one yeah. thinks you're pretty anymore. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> right. Whenever he comes up Just... in the news, I was like, "Oh, that's right. He's a thing." Yeah, <laughs> forgot. He still plays in the NBA. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize. The Warriors are another team that you know. I mean, they yeah. they're all they're all doomy and gloomy. You know, Draymond's like, I know the luxury yeah. tax is the thing. You know, whatever whatever goes on there. I guess Wiggins is a guy that you look at. To see if you can if you can nab if they kind of tear it down, or Clay even. Like, I don't think they would. I don't trade think him, he's leaving. I don't think. Just, yeah, he's a lifer. I can't imagine. I can't. I, I think it, both. I think both Steph and him stay, but everybody else leaves. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it, it, they're going to have to at least start selling off pieces. Minnesota? At some point soon. I, they just gave up so much for Gobert already. I don't know if they have the package. That's true. Anymore. Well, no, it's like get rid to start selling guys. Like, oh yeah, that, oh that yeah, 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 they have yeah, a coming like, to God yes. moment of like towns. Yeah, I mean, if they're, over. yeah, that's certainly on the list. An Embiid um, for town swap. Who says no? <laughs> God, I hope Philly. Maxi, a max, a maxi, maxi, and uh, and cat in the future. Oh God! You you give up a you'd be like the king you'd be a, you'd be like yeah, the Clippers game every night. Just a hundred and seventy points. Yeah. Are are the Kings <laughs> the happiest team in the NBA this season? I think so. I mean, they're <laughs> happy to be probably man. vibes. Probably yeah. I was gonna say OKC because like they're finally out of the like oh God is this rebuild going anywhere phase? Aren't but, they the eleventh you know, seeds? Yeah. Do you see Laker fans like, talking shit that we passed the OKC Thunder? And I was like, what What happened to this franchise? <laughs> and, then, and then LeBron got hurt immediately. Yeah, Congratulations, guys. He's out indefinitely, yeah. right? Uh, Yeah, at least two Oof. weeks, it looks like, uh, but possibly longer. Yeah, I mean, I think the Kings, if they break the, the playoff drought, definitely. I think OKC and Orlando should low-key be thrilled. I think the Pacers should low-key be thrilled about where they are, like, that's what I missed, man. Like the the 2016-17 and 2017-18 Sixers, like that was the most fun part of the rebuild where it's like you have no expectations and you start to get good. And then the expectations come and it's just like, oh, now we start collapsing every year. This sucks. Brian, this is the most miserable heat season I've ever watched. Not because of like (laughs) every fan is mad. They want Riley yeah. gone. It's funny because they want now they want really? Bob Myers. Oh, they always want Riley gone. But now they want Bob Myers. But Warriors Twitter complains about Bob Myers every day. You got Andy Lou calling him the, the the Bay Area Aristotle. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, that's that's not a compliment, by the way. So he fans are done with Riley. It, they're coming for Spo wow. now. They're they're just done. They're done with this team. They they think that they have absolutely Fumble Jimmy's prime by not making any moves mm. this offseason and basically this deadline that they can hide behind a Kevin Love acquisition, but that they truly have depended on a bunch of undrafted guys to carry the load for their poor dis- management, like asset management, and they're getting bit in the ass. And I think they're right about that. They've kind of they made bad cap decisions and that Dion Jage that that 30 and 11, they signed a bunch mm-hmm. of dudes to bad deals. They didn't have to give up any picks. They only had to give up one pick. And it was to offload Mo Harkless. So they ended up trading Dion and James Johnson. They ended up trading for players, right? Dion was moved for I forgot what. And JJ was moved with Winslow to get um, Jay Crowder and Andre Godala. Tyler Johnson was moved for Ryan Anderson. It was like a bad contract swap. And then they wave and stretch Anderson to get $5 million below the cap. They traded Whiteside to the Blazers for Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless. And this pissed me off the most. Then they sent Harkless and the first round pick to get under the hard cap for the Jimmy sign and trade. But the Clippers started Harkless. So they got a pick and a fucking starter. So that <laughs> then they got capped out and it was done. Right. So yeah, that pick yeah. has kind of bit them in the ass because they can't move it and they can't get anybody. And they're all capped out. They got Lowry. Now he's hurting stinks and he's fat. So everybody's mad. They, <laughs> signed, they signed Duncan. Right, so they give Duncan this deal because he was the fastest at 200, 300, 400 threes, yeah, and yeah, he was, yeah. you know, so they sign him to this deal that clearly sucks. Now they have no cap. They have like I think they can trade one pick right now, and 
they don't have any young players that anybody wants. They keep, I mean, does anybody want Tyler Hero on that extension? Probably not. And the fan base, I think, is rightfully pretty upset of like, you guys fucked this up. There's no way to improve this team. They're done. They're yeah. locked into what they have, and this has not been good enough, and you almost won. And a lot of this is like Kyle got hurt, and now it looks bad. But mm-hmm. the fan base, is they're mad, Brian. They fucking, they're mad. Well, I, I think it'll make a lot of your listeners happy to hear that Sixers fans are in the exact same place. <laughs> <So. laughs> and they're winning. <laughs> I know, but but you know, you could we can relish our misery together. But uh man, when they you know, they do this Jalen McDaniels Matisse Thibel trade at the deadline to get under the luxury tax line, and I made the mistake of, of writing about it at Liberty Ballers because oh, no. I was like trying to kind of explain the rationale why they would do it do your job just you know you were doing your job yeah i was trying to but like holy shit was that a mistake (laughs) yeah you know they did it to get out of the repeater tax next year because they're going to be really expensive if they resign harden they've got a bunch of free agents shake uh george niang paul reed now jalen mcdaniels as well it's like you know it would be tens of millions of dollars more just to resign the exact same guys had they not gotten under the tax line this year but like there's this perception of like they should be all in to win right now this the is the best team. The same, how, dude. how are you prioritizing ducking the tax it's like matisse Thibel wasn't gonna fucking play in the playoffs like they- we've seen this story before why are we mad about this like we turned matisse Thibel into jalen mcdaniels who you know is like super raw and you know might not be any better than Thibel, but at least like the length you can see flashes where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, this length and, like, defensive activity makes sense. You turned one second-round pick into two, and, like, you potentially extended your window for another year. But, I mean, what you were saying about, like, the Heat being locked in, the Sixers are the same way. Like, there is you – no, know, I, I said this on Twitter earlier today. Like, I'm trying to enjoy what r- the remainder of this season. Like, we probably know how it ends, and same. that's fine. But, like – it's pro- like they're most likely going to be worse next year because they're just not going to be able to resign everyone. Even if they get pardoned back, like some of their free agents are probably going to walk. They're only going to have the tax MLE. They don't have a first round pick. They don't have a second round pick. Like they are very limited room for improvement here. So like as much as people are mad right now, it's like, I don't think y'all have thought about what next year's going to be like. It's, well, it's probably going to be worse. That's what, and that's the thing with defense. So like they trade Deadman plus a second to get off his money to the Spurs essentially so that they can sign love and Zeller right. to stay under the tax. But fans are like you, you signed Deadman cause they signed Deadman to like a four point something million dollar contract because they're obsessed with cap assets, right? They did it with Myers. Yeah. They gave him so, and in their mind, and I think that they're right to an extent, Hey, we're over the cap. We're going to, we, if we don't sign them, we'll lose them for nothing. If we sign them, at least we have a tradable contract. The problem is mm-hmm. that nobody wanted these tradable contracts, so then they had to give them a second-round pick to get off of it because there wasn't really anything right. to be made. So fans are mad when role players are getting traded for second-round picks and the Heat have no second-round picks because they've all gone in salary dumps or trading for KZ Paula. And <laughs> while I called second-round picks like NBA cryptocurrency, that they're only valuable because <laughs> other people want them, it's like, what, what do we care, dude? Whatever. Yeah. And so Heat fans are like, you you dumped a second-round pick because you don't want to pay luxury tax. And I was like, they're going to be a tax team next year. They're trying to avoid repeater tax because, like, they're going to be a tax team for the remainder of Jimmy's tenure here with that with that extension yeah. looming. So it's like, well, you want them to fucking pay luxury tax for that second-round pick for a middle schooler? Like, what are we doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I think a lot of fans are in the mode of like, it's not my money. These billionaires should just pay. It's like, yeah, I agree. I that. But it's not yeah, that that simple. That, right. Like that. I mean, we just saw the Golden State Warriors, fresh off a championship, let Gary Payton II go because it cost too much to re-sign him. And then they ended up having to dump James Wiseman, who they spent the number two overall pick on, just to get Gary Payton back, who is now hurt and like almost you know, ruined the trade. Bob Myers that everybody in Heat Twitter wants. Yeah, that's correct. So, like, you know, and Bob Myers, or no, Joe Lacob said to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic, like, last July, you know, like, everyone was pissed at how far over the tax line they were. But he's like, you know, you're throwing around these numbers, like, 350, 400, 450 million in terms of, like, salary plus tax payment, total expenditures. And, like, that's just not realistic. And this is a team that just won a championship, its fourth championship in eight years, that owns, you know, it's privately funded arena. So it's just like has a slush fund. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and even they are saying like, we are not able to spend this much money. So like, I, I get why fans are like billionaires should just pony up. But like, there is a point, you know, I think like the tax, we'll see with the new CBA, how they structure it. But in the current one, like you get 20 million over the line. And that's when we start to be like, oh shit, this is starting to hurt a little bit. Like 30 million over the line it just gets so prohibitively expensive. Like it, it really doesn't make sense to go that far over unless you're really signing an impact player. Cause it's like, you know, at that point it's like $1 for you spend and then you're paying like five or $6 in tax. It's so punitive. And I, I, yeah. I, I'd bet Brian, I wouldn't be, so, I know that they've talked about the cap smoothing. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be so sure if every owner wants cap smoothing. I think some owners want the cap boom to kind of get some tax mm-hmm. relief. Because there's too many teams that are stuck, like legit stuck in the mud. And mm-hmm. I think they need a little breathing room because it's – I think the product is a little stale. I'm not going to lie. I think that – I think we got used to this kind of movement and, and, and kind of continual improvement. And I think that's kind of stopped from a lot of teams except for the ones at the bottom that are now kind of coming up. So I, I, I'd be interesting to see how that goes, how those negotiations go because – However, this TV deal goes, if this is finally the deal where the NBA brings in these big streaming um, players like Amazon or Apple or wherever the whatever the hell. Well, wow, Turner's yeah. already doing, including if we still have the NBA after yeah. like, Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we'll see about that. See, seems like that was just negotiating play more, yeah. more than like they're really because they just signed the inside guys to a 10 year contract. So I, I, yeah. I think Turner's going to have some share of the pie, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, Shams just dropped this story on Monday about kind of like they're progressing toward a new CBA where where the focus points are. He mentioned changes to the luxury tax system. It sounds like they're trying to expand that lower tier to make it more possible for teams to pay in there and, you know, not have these types of salary dumps at the trade deadline. So like Miami's and Phillies of the world, maybe just keep Dwayne Deadman and Matisse Thibel, you know. Uh, sure, players want we'll that see, too, man. man. Players don't want to not be yeah. given money for, you know what I mean? For, yeah. I wonder if we get another amnesty. That'd be amazing. Although that, I, the Sixers don't have anyone to amnesty. <laughs> yeah, well, Miami, I know where Miami goes. <laughs> yeah. Send yeah. yeah. poor Jimmy Neutron home, but. Yeah. And then you have the whole Bally fiasco, which Lord knows how yeah. that goes. So. Yeah. Um, and then AT&T just, or their turn, Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, is pulling out of like AT&T Sportsnet, I believe. So that's three more RSNs that are going down. So 
I'm like, I mean, as much as I'm fascinated by what's happening on the court, like the, the behind the scenes stuff, I think it's really interesting. Cause like, I'm wondering now with all this RSN stuff, like does the cap not, you know, it's projected 134 million, which is I think a 10 million, 10, $11 million jump uh, from this year. Like what if it doesn't go up that high? What if it goes down even, you know, I'm that's guessing a, this that's is a disaster. Yeah. I know a lot of teams would be completely screwed. I think they have to think of expansion at that point, right? Yeah, I'd imagine. I think. But, I mean, Adam Silver is... has already said he said we're not going to do it till after the new TV, new CBA, and new TV deal. Then we'll they, talk expansion. That I mean, that's to me the easiest. I mean, that and that if they does go down, that kind of takes the idea of fewer games completely out of the. I don't think that'll ever happen, but yeah, for sure that that kind of takes that out of the picture. So. A lot of a lot of interesting things kind of coming up on and off the court in the NBA. Interesting. I love talking with my friend Brian about this. Brian of Bleacher Report. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you want to plug anything on the way out? Anything you have written? Anything you have going over there? Uh, Bleacher Report. Sure. So uh, I've got something on if you care at all about the CBA stuff, or if you don't and you just want to read one thing and then not care anymore. Uh, I've got something going up at Forbes Sports on that in the morning. Uh, hopefully we'll have something later this week on the extension changes in particular, because that really caught my eye. I think that could be a very positive change uh, if they agree to what Shams mentioned the other day. Uh, I'll be I'm at Liberty Ballers as well, so I'm going to be trying to plead with Sixers fans to stop complaining at every possible corner. But I have a feeling after tomorrow night they're going to be... <laughs> in full fury mode so thank you in advance for that does that mean you think they lose tomorrow uh wouldn't shock me let's go (laughs) at this rate i mean nothing would surprise me at this rate let's go heat baby uh brian (laughs) my friend thank you for always making the time for us we appreciate it uh and to our audience if you're still on twitch even though this is pre-recorded uh make sure you tune in tomorrow for hangover time our special post game show uh we got alf and the crew on and pre-gaming of course before every game and you know we got you covered wall to wall for heat sixers week and of course we have a podcast again thursday after that so be on the lookout for all that we hope to see you on stream while we're actually live and uh love y'all we'll see you tomorrow it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.